The opinions expressed on this program are solely those of its hosts, guests, or callers, and do not necessarily represent the opinions of WTBR-FM, its management, other producers, or sponsors. Hey, what do you do when you get two guys sitting here in between a pane of glass? One from New York, one from Massachusetts. One whose team's in first place, one whose team's in last place, and the one whose team's in first place still cries and complains about it. And he also just came in arguing that the Beatles aren't a good band when they, in fact, really are. Gerard, I hope you're listening. Another edition of Cronin and the Zuck on WTBA. Let's go! We beat Max Scherzer last night. Yeah. All you gotta do is move. Doing that Beatles groove. Travel on down Abbey Road and see that crap band you're on. All right now. Welcome to another edition of Cronin and Zuck right here on WTBR 89.7 FM in Pittsfield. Good morning, Mr. Cronin. What's going on, brother? Good morning, brother. I heard your argument when you were uh, walking in here this morning. <laughs> I had to give your friend a little bit of a hard time, you know. That's I, all right. I mean, if Keith Hernandez is in the Hall of Fame, might as well pull the Beatles out of the exactly, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? right? Exactly. I mean, come on now. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, sorry, Gerard. Sorry to, sorry to you know, roll all over you to start there. But hey, right. anyway, the only man who ever thought side two of Abbey Road stunk. But that's okay. We, we, we could deal with it. Anyway, four one three four four five five nine four three. You know, we we have this great introduction with you know with house party with the Jay Giles band. So guess what? Saturday night, my band HB Funk and Company is opening up for Danny Klein's Full House from the Jay Giles Band, the music of the Jay Giles Band, and so uh, we will be there Saturday night opening up at the. Uh, uh, in Dalton at the Stationery Factory. So eight o'clock, my band HB Funk and Company opening up for Danny Klein and uh, and uh, Full House. I am great, so excited. That's a I, great venue. I am so excited. I know I played there one time. It looked like a raisin on a marshmallow. I, the stage is so huge, and I was doing. We were doing a benefit for my friend Jay. We're raising money after he got sick. So. So I got up there and I was playing some songs and it's just the lights are shining in my eyes. I couldn't see anybody in the audience and stuff. So hopefully, you know, we'll get a really good crowd. I hope the Saturday night. So that'll be great. So anyway, I guess we start with baseball in the Subway Series. And uh, last night, Domingo Hormon, good, good outing, six and a third. 
uh, you know, runs, and the Yankees actually score some runs against Scherzer. Aaron Judge comes back to life with his 47th home run to right field, taking it the opposite way. Way to go, Aaron. Ben Attendi with another couple of Yeah, Benny, Benny's starting to, starting to get some things together, but... Uh, Man, what a what a horrible stretch for the Yankees. I mean, goodness gracious, it's about time they won two in a row. And uh, I w- I couldn't believe they actually beat Scherzer last night. And I, I had I had company last night, so I so I didn't much watch much of the game. I kept looking at the ticker and recording it. So, uh, but I'll go back and maybe take a look at it today. So, but I mean, the stretch for the Yankees has been just abysmal. I know they won the last two games. When you look at the the pitching, when you look at the hitting, when you look at the lack of timely hitting. When you look at the lineup itself, I mean, I am so sick of Boone. I'm so, I don't know who I hate more, Boone or Cashman, honestly. I mean, when Cashman goes out and can't build a farm system and has, you know, Marwin Gonzalez, you know, and Aaron Hicks at the end of his, you know, his batting order, and then Boone plays him, here's a combined eight for like 93 over the course of like, you know, the, the combined two of them. So, I mean, you, you know, go ahead. I was going to say Sunday. You said you don't know who you hate more, Boone or Cashman. Like Sunday, I, I was at the locker room picking up a pizza, and I saw that the, the Yankees game was on MLB Network. Right, so right. when I got home, I, or I texted my dad. I said, Yankees game is on. So I get home, and they show Ka- uh, uh, Boone the same pose 15 times throughout <laughs> the, the last three innings, him leaning on the railing, chewing his gum, going... Yep, that's about what he does. And every time they show him, it's the exact same. He, he has no smile, no anger. He just, he's just like, oh, what do I do now? What's the computer going to tell me oh, to do next? It. That's what it seems like. I can't, and they had LeMayu batting fourth the other night. Like, you know, he finally puts Benny and LeMayu up first, right? But what does he do? He puts Benny up second behind LeMayu. But that doesn't make any sense because LeMay was the guy who's, who's you know, a, a player who can drive the ball to different parts of the field. He's a guy who, who hits for contact. So you want Benny at the top of the line. If Benny's hot, put him first. Let LeMay bat second. And let Judge bat third. Or let Riz bat fourth. And let Judge bat third. Whatever. I mean, back and forth, you know. But the strikeouts and the continuous bad at-bats like Glaber Torres is driving me nuts. I can't take much more of Glaber Torres. I mean, he might be the worst situational hitter I've ever seen. Both he and Hicks have, have been awful with the bases loaded. I think Hicks has gone grounded into four double plays with bases loaded, and I think Glaber struck out four times this year with the bases loaded. So, I mean, it's really about the fact that this team does not hit in situations. But last night, they pick up a win. The night before, obviously, they won the last game of the Blue Jays on Paul O'Neill Day, uh, Paul O'Neill Day, which Paul was one of my all-time favorite players, Paul O'Neill. I mean, he played the game like I played. When, he would run through a pane of glass, you know, would do anything to win, you know? Did you enjoy seeing uh, Cashman and Steinbrenner get booed? <laughs> yes, very much I so. thought you might have, yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed my that My father pointed much. that out to me. I'm like, oh, that's hysterical. Well, so, I, yeah. Well, yeah well, <laughs> so. It was pretty cool. And, yeah, and, and Paul's great. Paul O'Neill's great. He's great on the broadcast and his speech was fantastic and I you know, I had a little bit of a tear in my eye and a smile for, for, for the warrior because you know, I was looking at my autograph on the wall that my dad got me, may, may you rest in peace, but uh, yeah, it was great to see Paul's number retired. I mean, but it's crazy. The Yankees are wearing like 97. What's next? Three three numbers? I was going to say, was he is he a retirable number? Like, did he deserve to have his number retired? Because you know, pretty soon they're going to be wearing a 106, like exactly, 109, right, 112. Right, right. Like, how many more numbers do they know. have to retire? I know. It's, it's ridiculous. I know they have two eights retired obviously you know with Yogi and Bill Dickey and you know and obviously you know Donnie and you know everybody and Rizzuto and Billy Martin and I mean it's just like yeah it's insane how many numbers they have retired speaking of retired numbers I yeah. want to ask you this question yeah. uh uh it reminded me of Derek Jeter who's this new kid Cabrera 
that played shortstop the other day. Yeah. He made that Jeter-esque throw, or, you know, deep in the hole, right, the right. jump. I mean, the guy that was running down first base must have been, what, 5'3", 280 pounds, <laughs> so anybody could have thrown him out. But he reminded me of a Jeter kind of, and he kind of had that leadership. I'd never seen him on the field before, but I kind of admired the kid a little bit. Yeah, he's not hitting particularly well. He's made some really fine plays. He made a play at third the other day where he kind of Jeter-esque sort of crashed into the, uh, you know, into the, um, the crowd, you know, the, uh, I guess what it was like, basically the tarp rolled-up area, you know, and he, he made a really nice catch. And then he made a really beautiful catch in right field the other day. And last night he made a terrific play at short. Yeah, he's he's got, he can play a few different positions. I mean, he, he seems like a really good agile athlete. Just hasn't hit yet, though, unfortunately. You know, hey, look, Willie Mays came up to the major leagues and didn't hit for a while. So, you know, you got to get used to major league pitching. It's a lot different. But uh, so I just want to tell you this, by the way. Jordan Montgomery, since the trade, huh. 4-0 last night. With a, with a .35 ERA, which is just unbelievable. And J.P. Sears, who I absolutely loved when he was with the Yankees, traded to Oakland, and the Frankie Montaz deal is now 4-0. So Brian Cashman, really doing your homework there, Brian. I'm so glad you traded those two guys away, right? So we can get Frankie Shoulder Montaz, who hasn't been very good yet since they got him. I think he's given, like, what, 18 runs or something so far? I mean, it's just I mean, he hasn't been particularly good, let's be honest with Luis, you. So. Luis Castillo isn't uh, setting the world on fire with the Mariners either. He got bomb the other day yeah oh he did that's right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i'm just looking at uh, montgomery through a complete game one hitter last night yeah he's, he's zero he's 0.35 era yeah. amazing and the cardinals what a surge the cardinals have won 70 games now isn't it amazing how milwaukee they start out great all the time and yet they they do this every year they fade in the second half you notice that with the brewers every year they do this and in haters since he got traded his era is like 16 or something like that with san diego they so, dropped him out of the closer role in san diego yeah yeah right so maybe milwaukee was smart to trade him away and get him and get him away at this point you know so 413-445-5943 cronin the zook here wtbr 89.7 fm in beautiful downtown pittsfield yeah so last night you know herman pitched well you know i'm not a huge herman guy but six and a third and then mariachi who they brought back from the minors imagine that they sent mariachi down because he had options to keep albert abreu so before spoon puts albert abreu in the big as i call it high leverage situation the other i'm so sick of that word aren't you sick of that word the high leverage situation when have, when have these terms ever come through baseball when I was growing up. <laughs> High leverage situation. I mean, I used to watch Goose Gossage throw three innings and get up there with a 100-mile-an-hour fastball and say, hit it, MF. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's it's even on video games now. You can't throw the same pitcher for two innings in relief because pitcher getting tired after you throw him for one inning. I mean, what is this nonsense? It's you're right. You used to be able to have a game where you could you could piggyback a starter. You could have the starter go six and you could have the reliever go three. That used to be baseball. Right. Now it's no. We got to have a different pitcher every inning. Got to have it. Got to have a different that? look. Got to have a different side. Got to have a different arm angle. Why gotta is have, that? It. I used to love when the Red Sox would pitch. Uh, let's say Pedro. Right. For like seven innings. Right. And he's throwing 97, 98 miles an hour, and then just to mess with the other team, they throw Tim Wakefield out there for the eighth and ninth innings. <laughs> he's out there fluttering these forty-eight, fifty-six mile an hour knuckleballs. It's just, great. But now it's every other inning is a different pitcher. What's what's with the term opener? Oh, I hate that. What is that? this nonsense? Oh, I hate that. Opener. That, well, the guy's going to open. It, yeah, he comes out and grabs a beer. He's the opener. It's, I hate that. It's, well, he's going to pitch two innings, and then That's we're going like to go to the bullpen game. That's Cash's crap down in, uh, what should we call it, down in Tampa Bay. The opener. That, Tampa Bay started that garbage. Your, your general manager, Chaim Bloom, started that nonsense. Unfortunately, Cash has his hands tied. He can't do anything about it because that's what they give him. But, I mean, they do have one legit starter down there, that McClanahan, he's got a legit chance to win the Cy Young in the American League this year. Yeah, and Tampa's hanging in there, right? They're hanging in there. They're hanging in there. They're, they're, uh, uh, they're a half a game ahead in the wild card right now. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Now, now I got to ask you about the Red Sox. They're two games under oh, 500. God, do we right? have to? Well, the question is, what is their plan? Like, if you had, okay, I'm gonna you play general manager right now. At the end of the season, what are they gonna do? They they have one year left with with Devers, right? He's got one year left. It's gonna be his walk year next year, right? Okay. Yep. So, and then they, obviously Bogars is gonna be a free agent. Uh, you, you you have JD Martinez who's gonna be a free agent. I mean, Gone. is this team gonna this team is gonna look? I, th- I think very different next year, and I'm wondering what the plan would be. What would you do? I mean, who's out there that you want to get? Is there somebody that the Red Sox want to target? Obviously, they want to look at re-signing Bogars. Obviously, re-signing Devers, JD Martinez. They could give a one-year deal to. I mean, I don't think he's going to accept a one-year deal. Do you think so? Based upon his numbers, which aren't very good this season, so well, I, I mean, I think JD Martinez hurt himself by opting into the final year of his deal with you know the 19.35 million he's making this year. He's only hitting nine home runs. So right, his power right. completely sapped. Yeah, so why is that? They, why? They, I, I mean, they, they are saying that the balls are not as juice as they used to be, but you still got Aaron Judge hitting 47. You got uh, Nolan Arenado just hit his 33rd oh, the other day. So I, I don't buy into that. I think J.D. Martinez is slowly starting to fade, and I really don't want J.D. Martinez back. I think he's just clogging up lineup space. And yeah, I think they need to get younger. We have a, a kid that they're pro- he's probably going to make his debut tonight, tomorrow maybe, Tristan Casas, a 23-year-old first baseman down in AAA. Nice. And I think he could be part of the future, part of the solution. Uh, I, the Red Sox, like you said, what what is their plan? I really would love to see them re-sign Bogarts. I don't know if that's going to happen. It seems to get trickier every day because of the numbers that he's putting up. All right. And it's like you said, how much money does one guy really need to stay oh, with an organization? That's where that whole thing is. And of course, the cancer in the room is Scott Boris. He's his agent, <laughs> you know, and that just he ruins everything. Of Scott he Boris does. ruins everything. Of course he does. But they really have to go after a bullpen arm or five with the if you reach, get what with, i mean yeah, right, right. Our, our bullpen has been disastrous oh, the last years and that's a product of what dave dombrowski left us he, he tore up the bullpen tore uh, tore up the farm system to get craig kimbrell who was good for three years but then we had no nobody n- nobody in the yeah yeah crooked arm kimbrell <laughs> yeah guy drove me. crooked arm kimbrell i can't stand when he i go what is he doing that for i'll sit there and like he and papelbon used to drive me crazy papelbon drive me crazy too with those stupid, the stupid positions, but <laughs> all the time. But uh, do you think the Red Sox will go sign Benny? I mean, he's a free agent next year. He'd bring back Benatendi to Boston? No, I don't. I don't think he would go back to Boston. I wonder, is, I wonder if the re, I wonder if the Yankees would re-sign him. I think they should. I re, the Yankees do not have legitimate table setters on this team. Let's be honest. But I don't la- think I don't think Benatendi would cost a lot of money. I think he, the Yankees right. could re-sign him in a heartbeat. I do, but I can, I mean, if I have to see one more at bat. From Aaron Hicks, it'll be too soon. This guy is five for his last, like, 50,000. I mean, he's a disaster. He makes Joey Gallo look like Mickey Mantle, for crying out loud. At least Gallo walks, for crying out loud. Joey Gallo, who's hitting two sixty seven with three homers and five rubies right. since joining the Dodgers, yeah. by the way. Right, I know. Well, you know, he grows his beard back. It's L.A. It's laid back. My brother lives in L.A. It's so different than New York. L.A.'s like, you know, it's like, hey, you doing? welcome to L.A. You know, look around, no big deal. Out, out there like, eating fish tacos on the beach. <laughs> yeah, it's drinking, just, drinking cold beer, yeah. Yeah, it's just, I mean, you know, it's, it's easy to go out and play in L.A. It's just different. I mean, New York's a lot of pressure to play in New York. You have to have a certain personality to play in New York. So anyway, give us a call right here. Sean Cronin, Robbie Zucker with you right here. It is 15 minutes after the hour, 10 o'clock right here on WTBR 89.7 FM right here in beautiful downtown Pittsfield. We're talking a little baseball and, uh, you know, some of the, some, I'm looking at some of the standings lately. And like I said, the Cardinals have been on a roll 
And San Diego's not playing so well since they got Soto. It's not like San Diego's tearing anything up. The Dodgers right now have 84 wins. I mean, the Dodgers are like running away. They're having an 18-game lead. Are the Dodgers ever going to lose? I know they lost to Kansas City last week and broke the 12-game winning streak. But my God. I mean, the Dodgers are so loaded. It's ridiculous. They have like three of the best players in baseball. You know, really, when you think about it. Well, you know who, who's looking over their shoulder right now are the Mets. All yeah. of a sudden, the Braves are only three games back. Yeah, the Braves a have been week, on a roll. A week ago, they were seven back. So, I mean, the Braves are on fire. Who do you like in that? Do you like the Braves to win? I, looking at the Mets' schedule, though, after after the next couple of weeks, the, the Mets' schedule is, a, is like Mickey Mouse. The last, what, three or four weeks? They play nobody. I would just put my marbles in the DeGrom Scherzer basket at this point. I really would. I'd, I'd like the Mets to just hang on. But do you like if let's say the Dodgers play the Mets, okay? And, and let's let's say they get. Oh, you're to talking the, like a playoff series. Well, let's say they get to the NLCS, the two. Who do you who do would you like in that in that series? Honestly, I think the Dodgers are honestly more talented. They are. They're a lot more talented. But I mean, just it's. I just think it's awful tough to. I mean, if you get into a seven game series like that to have to beat Scherzer or Degrom right. twice, that's really difficult. Well, that's tough. And also, you know, and, and Chris Bassett's pitched, pitched extremely well lately too. He's pitched very well. And Taiwan Walker, you can't, you know, can't no. hold, can't hold a candle to him. He's been pretty damn good this yeah. year too. So right, he's got some back issues or something now, so he'll be out for a little bit. But he yeah, just missed, I mean, he's only going to miss one start. Oh, is that said, it? One so, start, okay. which is good. Yeah, okay, that's good. Yeah, because yeah. he's been pretty effective this year. So. So, but, I mean, two in a row for me feels really good after. I mean, the Yankees had lost 27 of 35 games. I mean, and the pitching was terrible. But, look, the injuries to Michael King, the injuries to Stanton. Stanton's on a rehab assignment in Somerset, so he should be on the West Coast against Oakland. And watch the A's. Watch. Watch suddenly. Watch, watch Sears pitch against them. Watch all the guys they traded away beat them right out in Oakland, right? You know, nobody shows up to the A's game except when the Yankees come in and watch the A's will get all psyched up. And the A's have been unbelievable against Houston. And here's one of the worst teams in baseball. They've given the Astros fits, absolute fits this season. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see once the Yankees go on the road to get Stanton back now and get him healthy. Obviously, they miss Matt Carpenter. But what's interesting is that remember in 2017, the Baby Bombers, you had Andujar and you had, you know, uh, Gary Sanchez and, and, you know, I had Bird and had all these other guys and Judge. And, you know, and the funny thing is. They're all gone now. I mean, Andujar's back in the Myers again. They ruined Andujar. Let's face it, they ruined him. He should have been rookie of the year. The year he had 48 doubles. He drove drove in uh, almost 100 runs. He had close to 30 home runs that year. He was tremendous. But they, they should have traded him. They could. They you know what? To. They they had an opportunity to trade he and Clint Frazier at one time to Pittsburgh for guess who? Garrett Cole. By the way, can we talk about Garrett Cole a little bit, please? Because Garrett Cole is the biggest stiff when it comes to big games. I mean, I've never seen anything like him. I guess the spider attack isn't working for him anymore. You know, that was a huge game against the Blue Jays. He walks the eighth guy, can't get a guy out hitting Danny, what's his name, uh, hitting 196. He walks the eighth guy, and then he gives up a double to Jackie Bradley Jr., who was cut by the... By the Red Sox are hitting 211. So at the bottom of the order, in a game in which Cole was up, he fails again. I don't know what the answer is with Garrett Cole. I really don't, you know? I, I just don't know what the answer is. But to me, he's he's not worth $34 million a year. Let's be honest. He's not. He's, he's just, he hasn't lived up to expectations. Yeah, did he pitch real well the, the uh, games before? Yeah, he did. But against the Blue Jays, you know, in a game that was so important uh, to, to the team and just trying to get back. Uh, into this, you know, into th- you know, in getting just back into winning, and he's supposed to be the ace to take care of those things, and he didn't do it. So he's basically been a league average starter this year. His ERA is in like what the mid threes. Yeah, I and mean, it just shows you that he was using a lot of crap on the baseball. Let's be honest. I and mean, what, what was up with his uh, whole uh, testosterone fit the other day when Manoa hit Judge? 
And oh, go, yeah. Go, you know, and uh, Manoa went and looked at Judge and said, I didn't do that on purpose. And Judge was cool with it, and then Cole jumps out of the dugout and starts going, eh. I know. Well, he jumped out before, prior to that, and Judge yeah. was like, you know, peacemaker. He's like, all right, come on, come on. Let's just yeah. you know, get with it. But I think, I think the reason Judge was upset, he's, you know, he's in a, in a mired slump at the time. He's like four for what? For 28 before the home run or whatever it was, four for 29 before the home run yesterday. And he's probably frustrated. And the guy plunks him on the arm, not hard, but he wants to be you know, able to hit the ball. He doesn't want to get walked to first base or plunked to first base. But they've been pitching around him. Let's be honest. They really have been pitching around him a lot. So, well, Especially when you leave him in the number two hole like they're doing all the time. He hit, he hit in the second hole last night. So that home run again, yet again, solo homer. Yeah, again, another, right, another solo homer. Here, we have a call here. Hey, that'd be nice. All right. Let's take our first call. Good morning here on WTBR Sports Talk with Cronin and Zook. Who's this? Hello. Hello. Good morning. Robbie, Sean, what's going on there, guys? Hey, it's Ralph. Hey, Ralph. How you doing, doing brother? Man? Good morning. Am, am, I, am I still staticky or should I put on speaker? Yeah, put on speaker phone. Put on speaker From the woods of good old Frontage, New Jersey. <laughs> the Dixie <laughs> Cup string game plays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so 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 Ralph told me the other night that he hasn't really watched much of the Mets this season. I thought that game on Sunday, Ralph, oh my god, the Mets they've been coming back in so many games this season. So what's going on, brother? How are you? Well, they're, they're, well, they're, they're fantastic. That's my downfall, not watching. I mean, I, that's that's my fault, my cynicism playing out. Because they are they are one of the best teams in the big leagues right now. Yeah. It's a great team. It really is. I, you know, I agree with you. I got to ask you about your conversation with Mark the other day, you know, with Moose, because I, I listened to it, and I, I so totally agreed with you with the whole judge situation and everything and the salaries and, you know, and all this nonsense. And I, I, I couldn't have agreed with you more with the conversation you guys had because, you know, he said to me, I remember him saying to you, you know, don't, do you want the owners to make it all? And I'm thinking to myself, well, if I own the company, you know, it's my company. I can allot money to whoever I want to. But I mean, if you you're know, if you're gonna if you're gonna go to the West Coast for an extra seven million dollars, then obviously you didn't want to wear pinstripes. You know, if the money is the big deal, I mean, I just don't understand it. when you see all these guys, Ralph, like Seager and Simeon and all, and what's his name? I've signed with uh, Detroit, uh, the guy who used to play for the Cubs and the Mets, Baez. Baez. I mean, uh, Detroit Tigers, one of the worst teams in the league. And this guy signed what a five-year deal? I think he's got. Bias and signed a five year something like that, right? Sure. I'm something I think it was like six that. and one forty, I think. Yep. Six one forty, yep. Yeah. So there's hey, the bottom the bottom line is guys, we cannot identify with somebody turning down thirty million right. a year. Right. I just think it's it, ridiculous. It, it, you're going out to make yourself a living every day, trying to scrape up dollars to go to the ballpark, and some guy turns uh, their their home team down for a mere seven million, you gotta get up in arms. You gotta be you gotta be pretty angry. I mean, I think it's ridiculous. I'll tell you something about Judge. I had said it to you that he's that he's going to end up on the left coast because you know the greed will take over. If they give them, if they give him a few more pennies more out out west, you can bet your bottom dollar, so to speak, that'll go there. I, I see. I don't see that. I see. I think the Yankees will offer him a really good deal, and I think the thing is, like I was saying, that he'll make more money for the organization than than they'll pay him. I mean, I agree with Ralph. I think he's as good as gone. If they hadn't signed him by now, I think he's gone. No, I don't think he's gone. West, West, West Coast. Sean, the bottom line is, Sean, is that's what they do. That's their mo. If I get a dollar more to go play for the Cincinnati Reds, the terrible Cincinnati Reds, most most ball, and I'm a ball player in the big leagues. I'm 25 years old. I'm going to go there. That's the way they think. That's the way the, their agents, 
taught them to think, and this is the way they think. That's their and that, mindset, and that's the way that the union expects them to right, think. Right, because too. because yeah, right, because they don't want they don't want to lower the marketplace at that point. They don't want they don't want to say, oh, well, he took less money, therefore the market now is 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 lower, and, and other players cannot get the same salary or better than he's being offered. I, I just yeah, they're castigated by their peers if they don't take top dollar. Right, and that's right. so. But the idea, but the thing is that who's going to sign him? The Giants could sign him. Uh, you know, obviously the Do- the Dodgers don't need him, but the Giants could sign him. He can go to San Francisco because he's from that area. I just, I just don't he, see. He I don't help, see him going anywhere. Any, he can help. He can help any team as long as the steroids can be shipped out there. Yeah, I don't see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see him go. I don't see him going anywhere. I really don't because the thing is that number one, he's he's the, he's the face of baseball right now. He's the best player in the game right now. No, no disrespect to Mike Trout. Um, He's the best player in the game. He's the most marketable player in the game. The Yankees will make more money with his jersey and his face than they will pay him. If they pay him $40 million a year, they'll make more than $40 million a year off his name. How much, how much do you acquiesce to these athletes before you say no more? Where, I, I don't know. We it, well, it's the own, but it's the owners who are doing this. It's not like you know. It's not like they're putting a gun to, you, to their head. This is not Vito Corleone, you know, in, in The Godfather. I mean, honestly, you know, they're not making an offer you can't refuse. I mean, if you refuse it, then you refuse it. But I mean, it's the owners who are shelling out this money. I mean, I, I these know, are. I know that, but I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm addressing the owners right now. Right. I, if I had an owner, if I had a prominent owner on my show, I would ask him this question: How much is too much? When do you draw the line? And what do you do to your your, uh, your your other owners there when you actually go way overpriced and go pay one of these monsters a, a ridiculous salary? You kind of you up the whole game to the point where oh, it's I ridiculous. Well, I mean, look at look at look at the Texas Rangers. They signed Corey Seager to this huge contract and Marcus Simeon. Do you know they just fired the president fired of baseball operations and their manager and their manager? I mean, it, it, it's amazing. And now you're stuck in. I mean, what did Seager sign like an eight or nine year deal, something like that? Well, baseball is going to become the NBA because they're going to get their cronies. They're going to say, if you don't sign this guy, this guy, I'm gone. You're go- Everybody's gone. You know, they're going to right. or- orchestrate the whole thing like they do in the NBA. Spare. We want to keep, we, you, know, you know, baseball got ridiculous a long time ago. Do you think Scherzer, now, I'll name the top pitcher in the game or, one, or top three, one of the top three. Do you think Scherzer is worth all that money? One single guy is never worth all that money, DeGrom included. Well, Degrom kills what? me. Degrom kills me because Degrom said, "Oh, I'm going to opt out next year." What are you telling your team that for? I mean, it doesn't look very good that you want to opt mouth. out when you're in a pennant race. You know, what I'm it's just well, ridiculous. For a, guy, for a guy that's always heard, Robbie, he should shut his mouth and just pitch. I I agree. I agree totally, 100. percent Because he was out for a year, and it was my shoulder. It was this. It was that. He was complaining about this and, and that. He didn't you know. come back. He didn't come back a day too soon. He made sure right. that he was ready. He didn't risk his career. You can't blame. Him for that. No, like, not, at all. not at all. He didn't do any favors for the Mets. Yep, uh, exactly. I'm saying that's what I'm saying. I mean, he he has an option next year, and he's gonna he's gonna opt it. And and the the Mets I mean, the Mets are definitely gonna resign him. The Mets are crazy if they don't resign him. But then again, you could look at his injury situation. You could say, well, wh- how long are we gonna sign him for? They'll say, oh, we'll give you a two year deal, and they'll say, oh, BS. Well, with that, you know, I'll get a three or four year deal from another organization like the Braves or somebody else or the Los Angeles Dodgers. I guarantee. You. I mean, the Dodgers are just they just spend money like it's like it's out of style. Like they're a bunch of drunken sailors. Honestly, they really do. You know. To use a really bad cliche, it's yeah, it's it's actually pretty pretty uh, disgraceful the way they spend. You got to have a you got to draw the reins, and you know I I actually admire Hal uh, for this. He 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 gives these guys a hard time. He did it to Derek 
when he when he uh, bowed out. He gave him a hard time, and, and Cashman did too. I like that. Let these guys fight for their money. Let these guys get a little bit of their their own medicine. You I know? mean, yeah. I mean, Paul O'Neill was and Paul O'Neill was there the other day. You know, having his number retired, he's a guy who used to take less money from the Yankees because he loved playing New York. Loved winning Paul O'Neill did not deserve to get his number retired. I love Paul. I love the guy. I think he was great. I love the guy. I love when he bashes water cooler. <laughs> I love when he. I love when he cares. But he is not, and I, I emphasize, not eligible to have his number retired. It's ridiculous. Well, I, I, you know, they've retired so many numbers with the Yankees. In fact, Sean and I were saying they start to wear three digits. You know, I could just see Bob Schumann. Bowing number 107 for the Yankees. I mean, yeah, I, I look, I love Paul Neal. He's one of my top five favorite players, I guess, as, 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 as a Yankee. I mean, he's a great, he was a, he's a terrific guy. One of the best, one of the nicest, nicest people you'll ever meet in your whole life. And I have a gorgeous autograph, personalized, you know, and, and that's sitting on my wall in my living room. So, you know, I, I maybe I got a bias with, with the Warrior, but he played the game like I played. He played every game like it was his last game. Um, Fantastic guy. I mean, know, I love the guy. Yeah. He didn't get vaccinated, though. He, he, he chose not to get vaccinated. But aside from that, I love the guy. But yeah. here's the thing. They handed him a silver-plated water cooler. I know. I saw it. It was great. Honor, it was great. It was great. It was kind of clever. But here's the thing, Rob. Where does it end now? You're going to retire uh, Tommy Trushes? Is he still around? You're going to retire Horace Clark? Yeah, but Tommy. Yeah, but yeah. Here? Well, but Tommy. Tommy. You know, I mean, I mean Paul. Always, I know. I know. Paul O'Neill was part of that. That the great core of players. O'Neill was great. You know, this isn't. This is not to slight Paul O'Neill and his talent. The guy was fantastic. And again, the the, the effort was was unparalleled. Always, he, always. He, he put out. Sean. He put out when these other guys were were loafing sometimes. He always. Yeah. He'd run into walls, everything else. It does not make him. He's not a Hall of Fame player. He, and he he's, was, not, he's, not an, he's not a Yankee all time. Great. I'm shocked it's not. He was one of the players that I loved to hate growing up because I just <laughs> I respected his game so much. I I, I loved Paul O'Neill. Paul O'Neill, you you're gonna retire his jersey. Let's let's retire Scott Brocious next. How about that? Well, no, come on, stop. I mean, well, look, come on, come on, stop I mean, a little Paul bit. Part I gotta, of, I gotta agree with Ralph here. Come on, he's part of four championship teams. I mean, you know, and the guy was a, a huge part of the team. He's a very popular player. I heard the Red Sox are gonna retire Mark Bellhorn's jersey next. <laughs> You know, let's go. Mark Come Bellhorn, on now. Mark, Come on. Wait, Mark Bellhorn beat the Yankees in 2004. Is it popularity or worse? That's what I ask you. Yeah, but the guy, look, the What's guy, the guy got four straight, What's four straight years of 100, RB, four straight years of 100 RBIs. Was a four-time All Star. He was a, a cla- he was a great Yankee. He helped them win. I mean, he's one of the most popular players on the Yankees. That's why they, they retired his number. Look at Bernie. Bernie's, Bernie's numbers retired too. Bernie's numbers retired too. Bernie's not a Hall of Famer. You say, pop- you say popularity again. What is it? Is it? Is what's the criteria here? Is it the fans' favorites or is it their their talent? Their worst. Well, I think it's a combination of both. I just think, it, look, 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 the Rangers retired Adam Graves' number. Do you know how Adam Graves, he was the look on his face when they told him about retiring his number. He said, wait a second, I shouldn't be, it's like it's like Hal Baines. When Hal Baines got abducted to the Hall of Fame, he said, wait a second, I don't belong here. You see the, the look on Adam Graves' face, I mean, to be up in the rafters with Messier and Leach, I mean, and, and uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, guys like, um, you know that that are in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you know, come on. And and so Adam I was like no, so humble. I nominate Al Weiss for the Hall. The, of Fame. Wait, the wait, the Islanders retired Bobby Nystrom. They retired John Tonelli's number. Nystrom's not in the Hall of Fame, and neither is Tonelli. But they were a huge part of those four championship teams. With I the get Islanders. It. No, I, I get it. Is Paul O'Neill in the Hall of Fame? 
No, no. Paul O'Neill's not in the Hall of Fame. He's not in the Hall of Fame. That's the criteria for the Red Sox to have your number retired. You have to be in the Hall of Fame to get your number retired. Roger Clemens' number is still not retired in Boston. Well, Roger Clemens Roger Clemens is the greatest pitcher I ever watched pitch, and he should be in the Hall of Fame. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Is Jim Rice's number retired? It sure is. Uh, uh, Who other... I'm trying to think. Yastrzemski, I'm sure, is, right? Yastrzemski, uh, yeah. Bobby Doerr. Yeah. Is Carlton Fisk's number retired? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, you know, you, I just named I just named game changers. And Ed Williams and Bobby Doerr. that were above the board. I didn't name a Paul O'Neill in that in that list there. Paul O'Neill was a very good player. That's where it ends. David Ortiz's number is retired, too. He, I can't he, stand Bobby. David Ortiz. Right, you can't Bobby. stand David Ortiz? Yeah, David Ortiz lied about his uh, big head and his drug use. Oh, co- come on, bud. Come on, Ralph. Come on, come on. Don't say that about me. I'm no lie, my friend. Come, come on. on. It's Big Poppy. Everybody loves it's me, Big Poppy. Come Even on, Yankee Ralphie. Come on, man. Big Poppy. Here's a guy who ate, who ate growth hormone for dessert. For dessert. With a little with a little testosterone on top. With chocolate sauce, all <laughs> some sprinkles. <laughs> anyway, I'll let you go. I gotta take a break, but uh, but man, all right, take ten minutes in, all right? Easy, all right, good talking to you, Ralph. So, Thanks uh, as always, man. You got it, brother. Okay, bye. <laughs> it's a squelchy sound. <laughs> anyway, that's Ralph Romeo, our buddy, always checking in and uh, great stuff always from Ralph. So 413-445-5943. Give us a call. Anything we talk about, we can talk about a little football after I did watch the Giants so we can get into the Giants-Patriots preseason. I know the Patriots are playing with the Raiders next. I think that's their last game of the preseason, right? They beat the Panthers the other day. They're doing so, joint practices with the Raiders this week, which Joint is practices? That sounds like fun. Doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, I had a quick idea before yeah. we go to break. Yeah. I think for an early Hanukkah slash Christmas present, we should buy Ralph a new phone. Absolutely. There. What's that? <laughs> Or some Dixie seven, cups seven, and string. Right, right, string and a Dixie <laughs> 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 cup. Oh, suck right here. WTBR 89.7 FM. Give us a call. 413-445-5943. Take a couple of minutes for a break, and then we'll be back. WTBR FM is listener-supported radio. That means we depend on your donations to keep the station on the air. All the local content and the music you love requires your support. You can make your donation today at WTBRFM.com by calling 445-4234 or stopping by our studio at 4 Federico Drive in Pittsfield. You'd be glad you did. Pittsfield Community Radio, for the love of radio. Hola, hola. I'm Daisy. Yo soy Marta. Whether you want to learn a little Spanish or get a glimpse of our wonderful Latin roots, join us as we celebrate Latin culture with music from genres ranging from salsa to bachata. Gain insight on local news, community information, and very special guests. Only on Mundo Latino. Welcoming listeners of all nations on WTBR 89.7 FM. Support for Mundo Latino comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union. Check it out, it's the Terminator. Hey, when'd you get back, huh? Did you have to shoot anyone? Why are you so distant? Are you not happy to see me? So what's the deal? You gonna get a job now or what? Why are you being so jumpy? Put all that stuff behind you, okay? No one knows what it's like to come back from Iraq or Afghanistan unless they were there. Join other veterans at communityofveterans.org because we know where you're coming from. Brought to you by Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America and the Ad Council. Don't be stupid with your skin, it's the only skin you're in. Know what's good and bad to do, 
find the right and wrong for you it's time to learn what it's about cause indoor tanning is out UV lamps from a tanning bed they can turn your skin beat red wrinkles come from the UV light and age spots make you go frightful sight with UV light it gets worse skin cancer is a wicked curse don't be the one that's tanned dead use your brain use your head it's time you learn what it's about cause indoor tanning is out a message from the American Academy of Dermatology hey this is Mike Pezzo remember those tunes your parents told you to turn down better yet remember those tunes your grandparents told your parents to turn down well on Mike's amazing music and oldies show You'll hear sometimes oldies, sometimes blues, sometimes local performers, and a lot of rock. On Pritchard County's only rock station, 89.7 WTBR-FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, Thursdays at noon. Tune in and be entertained and educated. Every Sunday night at 10 p.m., something strange happens to the airwaves of WTBR-FM. It's called The Mix. It is an experience like no other on this part of the planet. Witness a collection of fresh and classic beats that are guaranteed to make you move. The best part is, it is mixed completely live, uncut, unedited. So, for an exciting end to the weekend, tune your radio to WTBR-FM Sunday nights from 10 to midnight for The Mix. WTBR. Guess who's back? Just us two clowns sitting on opposite sides of the glass here. It is 1036 here on WTBR. Cronin and Zuck coming at you right now. Wow, what a... What a very funny first half hour of the show this has been so far. From everything from Dixie Cups to the Beatles to <laughs> broken legs to Dixie Cups to, and the Beatles there to taking go. steroids for breakfast. You know, this has been a fun conversation stink, so far. But the Beatles stink, right? That's why we have a show at four o'clock called Beatles Forever because they stink, right? <laughs> that's why they have a picture. That's why there's a picture right up there, okay? Because they stink. Good thing Gerard doesn't oh know my, my address. He probably start sending me death he's threats. Gonna let, that guy. I'm telling you, yeah. he's going to let Keith Hernandez be a part of the Beatles, right? <laughs> Keith Hernandez loves the Beatles too, man. Might as well make. Keith Hernandez is the new drummer of the Dave Matthews band. Exactly. While you're at it. There, Speaking you know. of the Beatles, I guess got tickets for Ringo. My buddy got tickets. My buddy Jimmy calls me up because you want to see Ringo. I'm like, yeah, I would like to see a Beatle before I die. Inside or nice. outside it? Are you at Tanglewood? Yeah, Tanglewood, yeah. So we might have seats underneath. I don't know. He gets great seats. Last time we went, we had 15th row seats for this classical performance. So who knows? But I'm also seeing Van Morrison, too, on the on the fourth. So Sue got tickets for the two of us. So it's going to be exciting to see Van the Man, too. So we get to see Van the Man and maybe next uh, next night I get to see Ringo. And then Richard Thompson's playing, too, I think, on the third, who I love, too. Just make sure you attend a little joint practice before you go to those exactly. shows. Exactly. Yeah, right. Well, so. we're practicing tomorrow night. So yeah. and then, yeah, we're practicing tomorrow night. And then I got another project I'm putting together. I'm just like going. Get, everybody's grabbing me. All these m- m- musicians are like they want—they want me to sing on this play and play guitar in this band or whatever. So I'm just enjoying it. It's been—it's been a lot of fun. Just just playing but yeah we'll be at uh we'll be opening it for danny klein's full house on saturday night at the at the uh, stationary factory in dalton beautiful place by the way and a real thanks to steve sears and a special thanks to my good friend mark parsons for doing this and uh getting this 
uh, gig for us. He did a great job, and uh, so uh, is that open to the public type of gig? Or yeah, of course. A, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's Danny Klein's Full House. I mean, they, have you seen Danny Klein's Full House play? They're amazing. I mean, I they basically. Not. Oh yeah, they do all the music of the Jake Giles band. You know, so Dan, Danny played basically seventy six years old now. Still looks really great. You know, I, I told the band the only reason they wanted us to play is because they need another band with a short Jewish guy in it. So that's why. <laughs> That was the only reason. 413-445-5943. Give us a call right here. We're here till 10 o'clock. Excuse me, 11 o'clock. Jeez, I got my time right. Uh, we're here till 11 o'clock uh, every Tuesday. So uh, taking your phone calls right here at 413-445-5943. So did you watch any preseason football? I watched the Giants the other night. I watched Daniel Jones, 14 of 16 for 116 yards. Not bad. Looked pretty good, actually, behind a revamped offensive line. And the, the line looks pretty good. I mean, you know, they have some injuries there. But basically, the, the, you know, the starting guy, were there. I mean, Neil's going to start, and obviously Thomas is going to start. So they have the two the two young players, you know, both on the left and the right tackle, and um, so they looked pretty good the other night. And they actually beat the Bengals in, the, in the, like the on the last play. It was pretty. And yeah, I was thinking of Mark Lewowski is the other guy that's pretty much a mainstay there. And they've they've add they've put a few different guys in there, you know, to fill in and so forth. Um, Devon, um, what do they have? Devon Hamilton and uh, Max Max Garcia. He's another guy they picked up. He's at center, so he's another veteran guy that the the Giants got off the scrap. It seems like every year the Giants have problems with their offensive line issues. But uh, you if know, they look- if they can't get Josh Allen going under Brian Dayball, then. Or not Josh Allen, I'm sorry. Oh, they can't Daniel get Jones. Daniel Jones going under Brian Dayball like like how he pretty much transformed Josh Allen into one of the best quarterbacks in the league, if not the best quarterback in the league. If he can't if he can't transform Daniel Jones into something some semblance of an NFL quarterback, then Daniel Jones might as well just go uh, you know, sell Frosties at Wendy's. Because yeah. I mean Brian Dable I think is an offensive mastermind. What what do you think about that? I you know I think that what I've seen so far, I've seen a, a, a Giants team that looks much more interesting in terms of its offensive sets and so forth, the plays they run and so forth. I've seen, like, opposed, as opposed to last year with, with Joe Judge, it's, it's a completely different attitude Joe on Judge. the field. And Antonio Williams is Thanks a guy who can reminder. run the ball, too, for the, for the Giants, too. So you look at both he and Saquon, they should be pretty good at the running back position. But the whole key is obviously the offensive line of protection. But I thought Daniel Jones looked really good. I'm really, I'm, I've been really impressed with Brian Dable. Says the right things, does the right things. I mean, I, you know, I watched Thibodeau play. Oh, my God, Thibodeau got hit in the knee the other night, Tavon Thibodeau. And I was like, oh, my God, my, I cringed. I'm like, oh, and I can't wait to see this guy play for, you know, for the Giants to see Tibbs play. He'll be a, I think he's going to be a big star in New York. I really do. So, but, um, so Patriots, what do you think? Any, anything interesting that you saw this week from the Patriots? I know they're trying to trade, uh, what's his name, their offensive lineman has been hurt a million times. Isaiah Wynn. Isaiah Wynn, yeah. yeah so. uh, well, they were talking about maybe trading Kendrick Bourne. We just drafted this kid Tyreek Thornton, right. uh, who's six foot three, one hundred and eighty pounds, and everybody says, "Well, he doesn't have the you know the staying power in the NFL because he's so skinny." Well, he just broke his collarbone, so he's going to be out for eight to ten weeks. So, uh, I'm still not sold on Matt Patricia being the play caller. Yo, yet. I don't understand that. He was a defensive coordinator. He was a defensive guy. Why is he an offensive guy all of a sudden? It, How does that work? I don't get it. Uh, Mac Jones was very up and down in the preseason game. He was four for eight today. He made a beautiful 54-yard pass downfield to Kendrick Bourne to set up a touchdown. But I'm not sold. But it's early. I mean, the Patriots never uh, start really playing football till Thanksgiving. <laughs> right. that's, that's what they say every year. You know, we'll, they started two and four last year, then they went on a seven-game winning streak and made the playoffs. So we'll see. Where do you see? Where do you see that division? I mean, I mean, obviously, I watched the Jets a little bit last night. You know, and it's funny because I got a message from a friend of mine. I grew up with 
in Atlanta, and uh, he lives down in Atlanta. They were playing the Falcons. He says, the Jets stink. And I go, wait a second. It's early in the game. It's preseason. And, of course, the Jets end up winning the game, I believe, against Atlanta last night. It's preseason. I mean, people don't understand why people have to take preseason so seriously. I don't, it's preseason. You're playing against third and fourth string guys. Come on. This is, this is the, you know, a team's attempt to look at talent, evaluate talent, make cuts. That's what it really is. And to give the starters some reps. All right? Right? I mean, so why people get crazy in the preseason? I mean, I remember the Giants lost every preseason game and wind up winning the Super Bowl. And sometimes they, you know, they won every preseason game and they were terrible. So, I mean, it doesn't mean anything. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's Buffalo and everyone else. I mean, I think the, the other three teams are a toss-up. Like, you know, you look at Miami with Tua. Right. Right? They, they get Tyree Kill from the Chiefs. You know, Tua's never been a big downfield guy. Tyreek is a big downfield right, guy. Right, that's what I understand. So I could see Miami winning five games, or I could see Miami winning 11 games. Is it going to work, or is it not going to work? Is, and, there a, is there an alternative for, for, for Tua? You know, for, for Tua? I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's a who's backing him up or anything. I have no I, idea. I don't know who the backup I know there, yeah, is. I know there were ideas of you know getting Deshaun Watson and getting other you know quarterbacks and you know on either free agents or trade and so forth. But uh, so Watson's now out. What was it? Eleven games. Eleven games with a five million dollars suspension. Good. Good for him. Good, I'm glad. He should have been out the whole year. You know, I don't want to talk much about it. I won't get into it. But, you know, what he did was BS. And, and I'm, glad, I'm glad they suspended him more games. You know what? It looks better on the part of Roger Goodell. It looks better on the part of the NFL, you know, uh, uh, PA and so forth. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm glad that it didn't drag out again. Like, the, right, the whole thing right. dragged for so oh, long. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the thing with Deshaun Watson is, is, you know, he people keep making the argument, well, he was basically suspended last year. No, he wasn't. He decided not to play last year. He was he could have played last year. He sat home, collected forty-five million dollars, and did nothing. And this year, he's going to get to sit home, and get, he's going to be fined six hundred and thirty thousand dollars. All right, all right. So the five million dollar fine on top of the they structured his contract so the first year right. was one million dollars. Four years, two twenty-nine after this guaranteed. They knew that he was going to get suspended, so only the Browns can pull off something like that. But I just looked up uh, Teddy Bridgewater is the backup in Miami. By the oh, way, okay, I like a, Teddy. He's Bridgewater. a serviceable yeah, quarterback. Absolutely, he's a good quarterback. I mean, he's, he's played well and played well for New Orleans. He's played well for some other teams, you know. But my, actually, he my, was a guy I actually wanted for the Giants at, at one point, but Jones was so bad, you know. Well, you got Tyrod Taylor, who I think is right. is in the same absolutely. tier. You yeah, know, he's serviceable, protects the football. Right. I still think Tyrod's going to start some games for the Giants this year. Well, the question is, will Daniel Jones get hurt? Will he stay healthy? I mean, let's be honest. You know, we got spoiled with Eli. I mean, Eli never got hurt. He never got hurt. He played every game. I don't know if you want Except- to say spoiled with Eli, but okay. Well, I mean, in terms of, yeah, well, in terms of health and stuff. Well, in terms look, of health, I'll give you yeah, that. But but it wasn't Eli's fault that his line stunk for ten years. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, if he had a better offensive line in front of him, he would have his his numbers would have been better. His wins would totals would have been better. You know, honestly, I mean, you can't you can't throw from your rear end, and the guy was throwing from his rear end a lot. It wasn't his fault that he was colorblind and liked to throw to the other <laughs> team a lot too? But I won't go there. <laughs> I had no idea they was colorblind. That's first for me. I had no idea. No, that's just that's just my sense of humor coming bro- through. That's all. Ba- you know, I mean, I know his brother was a hell of a lot better quarterback. Let's be honest. I mean, you know, Peyton Manning's one of the great you know quarterbacks in the history of the game. But let's face it, he was better in the playoffs. I mean, playoffs. I mean, he was was. I mean, he really was. I mean, he got two Super Bowl MVPs. And I mean, Peyton didn't have great Super Bowls. Let's be honest, he really didn't. You know. Yeah, but they both won too. Yeah, they both won so- too. That's true. 
But uh, yeah, but obviously, you know, Eli had those great numbers and uh, you know those great comebacks down the stretch. Speaking of great quarterbacks, what the hell do you make of Tom Brady taking eleven days off from training camp? Yeah, yeah, I was going to talk about that. I was in my notes about Brady. I know all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all over radio, I'm here. Brady's taking off. Brady, where's Tom Brady? Where's Tom Brady? I turned on two radio stations at like the same time, and the whole story was, "Where's Tom Brady?" You can make the book. Where you know? Where's Waldo? Where's Brady? Yeah. Where, where's, where the hell did he go? Oh, vacation. All of a sudden, now he's got to take vacation in the middle of training camp. It's like, okay, Brady's the best that's ever done it. So he might be able to take eleven days off and come back and still be great. But what do you think the the reaction of his teammates were when he when they first heard he was taking off? Because no one knew it was going to happen. All of a sudden, it was just Tom Brady's uh, granted leave of absence. And then when he comes back, do you think there might be? A dash bit of resentment in that building. I wonder, you know, I wonder if it's just kind of the guys are like, "Hey, Tom." Well, I almost like feel like it's like a welcome back thing. Hey, good to see you. I don't wonder if they even think about that. But there might be some guys on the team that you know have a little bit of animosity because he's Tom. He's Tom Brady. Come on, he gets you know he's carte blanche, man. He gets you know he gets all the everything. He gets anything you want. So let's be honest with it. Well, Tom, you know. thank God you're back because Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbert were running our practices. So glad <laughs> to have you back finally. I, I don't know. What do you think of Tom Bowles as a head coach? Back oh. as a head coach, he was terrible with the Jets. Oh, I think Brady got what he wanted. He wanted to run that team. He didn't like having Bruce Arians run things. It's, like, it's Brady's team now. I mean, Todd Bowles is just going to sit back and let Brady do whatever the hell of he course, wants. Of course. I mean, absolutely. Why not call his own plays and so forth? And, well, Byron Leftwich is still the offensive coordinator. Or did he go? No, he's there. Oh, that's, oh he's there, right? I th- See, I thought Byron was going to go and become a head coach someplace, whether it was Jacksonville or someplace. I thought he was going to go to the Giants at first. Well, as an offensive he was coordinator ru- or coach? No, he was rumored as a head coach. As a head coach? Yeah. Yeah, wow. You know, interesting. Like, he, he and Bienemy. I don't know, guy. You know, I don't know. Is there still is there still a problem in this in this country with hiring minority you know, coaches? Minority coaches in the NFL is that a problem or is that not a problem? I don't know. If it's just up to the individual owner. I mean, Eric Bieniemy has been very successful with Kansas City as an offensive coordinator. You know, and I don't know. I mean, every year they say, well, why doesn't Bieniemy get a get a job? And why didn't Leftwich get a job? That didn't make any sense to me at all. Why does this guy Mike McDaniel get a job with the Miami Dolphins as a head coach? I have no who idea. Who I've never even heard I never of. Heard of the guy? Yeah, uh, interesting. Yeah, I know. And it, speaking of McDaniel, how do you think Josh is going to hold up in in Oakland? In Oakland. I keep saying Oakland in Vegas. I say it all the time. Oakland. I still call him the San Diego Chargers. So it's just <laughs> one of those things. Well, I always call the San Diego Chargers. I can't stand the fact that they're in L.A. I think it's a disgrace. Cleveland Indians. I, they will always be the Indians. And I, the freaking Guardians. I can't stand the Spanos family. I hate the Spanos family for moving that team to Los Angeles. I really do. I know they're going to make more money because it's a big stadium and have all the facilities and so forth. But the Charger fans, they'll, they'll drive from San Diego to Los Angeles. It's not that far a drive. You know, it really isn't. But, I mean, you know, to take them out of you know, Jack Murphy Stadium, that was, you know, that, was, that was their home for a long time. But, interestingly enough, they were the L.A. Chargers originally uh, when they were in the old AFL and then moved to San Diego. And then they were owned by the Klein family, by Gene Klein. He sold them. And Spanos, is, you know, the family, has been owning them forever. You know, the Chargers, to me, have the most talented team, one of the most talented teams in the league. That that division is going to be insane. That division is an amazing division right now. But I mean, to me, the Chargers have as much talent as anybody. Now they got Camille Mack on their team. Now they got what's his name from the Patriots? They picked up, you know, the defensive uh, back. Who's the guy? Who, who's the guy who played for the Patriots last? CJ. I'm trying to his initials. Oh, uh, JC Jackson, J- J. C. cornerback. Yeah, JC yeah. Jackson. Yeah. With JC Jackson and Khalil Mack now and Bossa, uh, you know, Joey Bosa and and the rest of that team. That defense is going to improve, but the problem for me is Staley. He's Staley's the a terrible head coach. He's the problem. Is he going to go for you know fourth down and twenty at the twenty yard line this year? All he had to do was t- all he had to do was tie that game. 
yeah, and they would have made the playoffs. And he's like, that. oh, we're going to go for it on fourth oh, and seven please. four times. And you know what? It's justified. We made the right move. No, you didn't. No, because you... if you didn't do that and you took a knee, you'd be in the damn playoffs. I watched that game, and I was so infuriated watching that oh, game. I was so scre- frustrated. Screaming at Staley. I mean, I, you know, the Giants are my favorite team, but the, the Chargers have been my second favorite team since I'm, you know, like 12, 13 years old. And I was like, what in God's name are you doing? You're going for a, a fourth down play on your own 20-yard line, fourth down and one in the second quarter? How does that make any sense? These guys try to think themselves all the time. Oh, it's analytics. Like, what's his name? Just like this, this idea of going for two all the time and chasing the points in the first quarter. Why are you doing that? Like, I mean, that's things I do on my Madden 22 on my PlayStation. I go for it on fourth and 20 on my own five-yard <laughs> line. You know, you don't do that in, in an actual real game. How was the Madden? You know, I haven't played that stuff in a while. How are the new Madden games? It looks so much like regular football. You feel like you're out of game or It something. almost does. The graphics are so incredible compared to what they it's used amazing. to be. I used to love when I was a kid, you know, the Giants really stunk. You need Sunday, you turn it on because the Giants were always on. You had to watch the Giants. It was like torture. It's like... So you asked me about Josh McDaniels, how I yeah, think he's going to hold yeah. up in, in uh, Las Vegas. The Raiders. <laughs> uh, you know, they basically handed him a stack team. Right. I mean, this is a stack team. Derek Carr, who we talked about last week, you don't think's great. But, you know, he's going to throw 4,500 yards. They just gave him Devontae Adams. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He's got Hunter Renfro. He's got weapons. The defense is stacked. If McDaniels fails here, it's the end of him ever getting another head coaching job. Because Denver was a disaster. Let's face it, he screwed himself in Denver when he first got there by drafting Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, right. I mean, are you kidding me with that one? I mean, he. <laughs> it, you know, so, and then he goes to uh, the St. Louis at the time, Rams, and uh, as their offensive coordinator, they had the worst ranked offense in the league that year. And then he, he crawls his way back to Belichick. See, this is why I don't think it's such a bad thing that he's not play calling this year. I never thought he was that great of a play caller. And I might be in the minority amongst Patriot fans, but I always say and go, what kind of dumb bonehead play call was that half the time I'm watching their offense? This is even in the Brady years. So I'm not opposed to him not being there, but I really don't want Matt Patricia calling my plays this year. Well, that's what I'm saying. Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, that's that's your quarterback and offensive coordinator? And like, I don't understand. Like Matt Patricia's always been a defensive guy. How suddenly are you an offensive coordinator? How does that work? I, I mean, think I, Belichick's going to have a lot more to do with the play calling than he has in the past. I really think probably. he's going to be doing a lot more. They said to him and Mac Jones meet almost daily. Yeah, before practice, I love so Mac. That, you know I love Mac. I'm a Bama guy, so Mac's great. Yeah, I, I think I, he's he he actually has the uh, mental stability to go through this transition. I think a lot of guys wouldn't. Right. So now, well, yeah, because I mean, he comes out of a pro. Look who he's coming out of a program with. I mean, he's coming out of a program with Saban and going from Saban to Belichick. I mean, you talk about two two giants and you know in college and professional football. I mean, you can't get any better than that. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. So, so he's got the tutelage and he's got and he's got obviously you know the education you know from from great great coaches and great staff. So yeah, absolutely. We got about eight minutes left. Four one three four four five five nine four three. Crone of the Zook right here. WTBR eighty nine point seven. We're here every stinking Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> and right now it's a little overcast outside. It looks like a little bit of rain. So uh, you will see. Um, we need the rain, man. We definitely need the rain. I mean, my tomatoes are growing outside, but they're not turning orange yet. So we definitely need some rain. So, but anyway, we're going to take a break and uh, we'll come back and uh, wrap this thing up in a little bit. And uh, so stay tuned and we'll be back right after this message. WTBR has something to brighten up your night. Really? It's called TBR After Hours. And overnight Saturday at midnight, you'll hear a solid hour of a recording artist or band, the hits, as well as deep traps with limited commercial interruption. Impressive. Most impressive. TBR After Hours is hosted by The Minster. Isn't that the same guy you hear on classic TBR? Hmm. 
It's TBR After Hours, overnight Saturday at midnight, right here on WTBR, and also available on podcast. I smoke because it's a habit. It's very hard to quit. I've tried. My wife smokes. It's not allowed in the home. It's not allowed around my children. I just know it isn't good. My husband hates that I smoke, and I smoke outside. It irritates her a little bit, but I think she sees and understands what I'm trying to get across to her, that it's not only bad to her, but it's bad to my three beautiful daughters and my two sons. My dad gets upset with my mom because she smokes and he doesn't, and whenever my mom goes and smokes, she has to go smoke outside. I don't think my mom should smoke because it's really bad for you, and it could hurt you really bad. I do think there is a correlation between parents and kids. The parent smokes, the kids think it's okay for them to smoke. Sometimes all you need is a small reason to quit. Yeah, I love my mom very much, but I still wish she'd stop smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hi, my name is Bill Sturgeon. I am the host of WTBR's Morning Drive. We air every weekday morning, 7.30 to 8.30. The goal of my program is to inform, educate, and have a few chuckles along the way. We have wonderful guests, political, arts, actors, musicians, teachers. I look forward for you to listen in or watch us on PCTV. Thank you. Larry Kreka here from Nothing But Old 45s, inviting you to check out my brand new show here on WTBR called Sweet Country Music. Some of the best country music I've ever recorded, like Dolly Parton, Alan Jackson, Patsy Cline, and a lot more. Plus, every show contains a comedy segment that'll put a smile on your face. Sweet Country Music, 11 a.m. Sunday mornings here on 89.7 WTBR-FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. We got something for just about everybody. WTBR. Welcome back to WTBR Sports Talk right here. Cronin the Zook right here on 89.7 WTBR FM in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, as we bring down the Jake Isles Band. And folks, if you're not doing anything Saturday night, come see my band, HP Funk and Company. We are opening for Danny Klein's Full House. That's right, the great music of the Jay Giles Band. If you haven't seen Danny Klein's band, they are fantastic. And the guy who plays the harmonica, you know, it's not Magic Dick anymore, but the guy who plays is fantastic. Really sounds like Magic Dick a lot. 413-445-5943. So give me the lineups for tonight, Sean. We got the Red Sox and Jays. Who's going? Who's starters tonight? I don't even know. The Red Sox are pitching Josh Minkowski, who's a rookie. Oh, okay, He's that's been right, up and right. down, and the Jays are pitching some guy named Tubda. Tubda. <laughs> To be determined. TBD. It just sounds funnier to say Tibida. Tibida. And Mets, Yankees, uh, Taiwan Walker and Frankie Montas. Yes. Oh, Taiwan Walker's. Oh, so you guys not, are avoiding oh, the Wait, Grom's not going tonight, They're right? They're pushing him another oh, day ahead. Man. Oh, that sucks. I love watching the Grom, but I guess it's better to hit against uh, Taiwan Walker than, than it is Jacob DeGrom, right? So there this, you go. This, this is pretty much the end of the road for the Red Sox. If they if they get you know swept or, lo- or lose two out of three, they, they pretty much have to start sweeping. I mean, there's six out. I don't think oh, wow. I don't think there's a chance. But you know, it's like I look at Jim Carrey in the uh, in a uh, Dumb and Dumber. So, so you're saying there's a chance? I mean, you never <laughs> give up until you're mathematically eliminated. I'll still watch, but you can you know losing two out of three to the Orioles was kind of a uh, shot. That was kind of that was kind of tough. Yeah. 
that kind of you know the Orioles. I'm actually kind of rooting for the Orioles. Yeah, at this point. I, mean, I mean they're Orioles, kind of a yeah, fun story. It's a great story, it absolutely. Is. They have great fan base. I worked for a station down there, um, uh, WSBA, which is the, the home of the Baltimore Orioles, uh, you know, station down in York, PA, because obviously it's maybe about 45 minutes from from Camden Yards. But yeah, I mean that's a great story. I'd love to see the Orioles make the playoffs. I think it's fantastic. And I don't uh, think anyone in the American League is any better than any other team, really. I mean, it's just it's it's the league well, of mediocrity. Houston, Houston's really good. I mean, the Yankees the Yankees are good, but the Yankees have so many question marks. That's the problem with the Yankees. You know, what are you going to get? What are you going to get from Frankie Montas tonight? He stunk in his first three starts. What are you getting from him now? I don't know if he stunk in the second start. I made two runs in five innings. It's not great, but I mean, he hasn't been. You know, it's not. It's not like they got you know a guy that's you know like Montgomery's four and zero with a. A .35 ERA. This Cashman looked like a complete idiot now. That trade still perplexes me. How about J.P. Sears? He traded him away in the Montez deal. He's 4-0. And then that uh, lefty you got from the Cubs, Efflis? Yeah, Efros is now on the the DL. He's now on the DL. I know. It's amazing to me. I I just it blows. It really does blow my mind exactly what's going on with this uh, with this team. It just. It, it, look, you know what? They won two in a row. Let's see if they can get on a roll. But, I mean, to me, the Yankees still have a lot of holes. When I have to see Marwin Gonzalez and Aaron Hicks in this lineup, I mean, it makes me sick. To, and, and IKF had two hits last night. So, the bottom of the order is not great. And, and it's, what's interesting is Cashman spends $230 million and allots this particular payroll I, I, on these players. You can't tell me that the, the Yankees don't have a better player in the minor leagues. Can you believe this? I know. This is. We're almost out of here. We are out of here. We are out of here. We are out of here. Hey, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Again, Sean Cronin and Robbie Zook is Cronin and the Zook, 89.7 FM. We will see you next week. Same time, same back channel. Take care of yourselves. Stay well, stay safe. We'll see you next Tuesday. Be good, folks. Let's go, Brandon. (laughs) What's going on here? Combining the miracle of modern technology with the secrets of ordinary street junkies. Producing this. 89.7 WTBR-FM. Pittsfield.